0: You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 12. In this episode, I'll take you behind the scenes of my podcast launch with 100 episodes in 100 days. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews, to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today, I'm gonna walk you through my whole podcast launch from the idea to the actual launch date. It's a big commitment to do a podcast, and even bigger when you decide to do a daily episode in 100 days. You can get my podcasting resources, plus the show notes of this episode, by going to sigrun.com forward slash 12. It's about two years ago that I started to think about doing a podcast. I saw a lot of people doing podcasts and I felt it would be a good way to build my audience, connect with my audience. But at the same time, I wasn't sure how this whole thing worked. Like, did really people go from iTunes over to their website and sign up for a freebie? You know, what was the business relevance of doing a podcast as it was obviously a big time investment? And I also wondered and I got some doubts seeded maybe from discussing with other entrepreneurs that... This whole thing of interviewing other guests was a bit like overdone already. A lot of people were doing it. And yes, it's a great thing to connect with other influencers in your industry, people that you would really love to interview and even interview your clients. And still, when you're doing interviews, aren't you then just promoting everybody else instead of yourself? I had some doubts. So I put the podcast idea away. But, you know, good ideas tend to come back and the podcast idea came back again and again and it was getting pretty strong beginning of this year. And in March, I went to Social Media Marketing World 2017 and there was a podcast track. So I thought, let me go to the podcast track and then I will make a decision whether I do a podcast or not. So, I listened to Pat Flynn, John Le Dumas, and other famous podcasters, and still I was undecided up until the very last talk of the day. The last talk of the day was Kate Erickson. She's a partner of John Le Dumas and also has her own podcast, Kate's Take. And she shared how she needed a lot of time until she finally decided to do a podcast and what she did to make it easier for herself. She read her blog posts and I was like, wow, you can read your blog posts? And I had done 100 webinars and I had decided to take a break once I'd done 100 webinars and just do them more sporadically and not so frequently as I did them before. But I had created a lot of content that was hidden inside my membership site. So I thought to myself, well, if she can read her blog post, I could redo some of my webinars as podcast episodes. I also had some blog posts that I knew would suit this medium very well. So I got excited. It felt like this would be not as much work as I thought originally it would be. What also excited me a lot about Kate's talk was how easy she made it all sound. She showed a picture of her podcast recording Studio, so to speak. It was only a BackBook Pro, uh, simple headphones just like Apple headphones uh, that come with your iPhone, and a very simple, not expensive microphone, the Audio Technica ATR 2100. And I thought, I gotta do this. You know, if this is so simple and easy, of course, I know it's not always as simple as easy as it sounds and looks, but I was inspired. I was so inspired that I walked out of that talk and decided. And when I make a decision, I make a decision. There was no turning back. There was a strong vision of me doing a podcast. Now, I wasn't exactly sure what to do next. And luckily enough, there was another talk at Social Media Marketing World 2017 that also inspired me in a different way. Not the decision to do a podcast, but how to launch it. Mark Schaefer had been a keynote speaker on a previous social media marketing world. And now he was doing his own talk in a seminar room. And it was about his new book, Known. And I went there and actually I was there with my clients. We went together to social media marketing world and I'm redoing it next year. So let me know if you want to join us. Team Red is going again. And we all went to this talk. We were all curious, how do you become known? And as Mark Schaefer shared, uh, he was hoping that there was a quick, you know, fast recipe to getting known. But after interviewing 100 people, he found out, well, it wasn't. But he shared some great story of people doing something different, something more often than most people do. One story that stuck with me and I continue to share with everyone who wants to listen is a guy from the military who loved dressing up. He already loved dressing up in his military suit. He started to sell suits online after he uh, left the military. And that didn't go too well for him in the beginning. So he started to do YouTube videos. But he just didn't just do YouTube videos. He did 200 YouTube videos in 200 days. And bing, a light bulb went off in my head. I was going to do 100 episodes in 100 days. Then and there at the talk, I decided. So of course, when I was launching this podcast, I reached out to Mark Schaefer, told him that he had inspired me to launch with 100 episodes in 100 days. And of course, then he became my second guest speaker on this show. And I'm really so grateful to both Kate Erickson and Mark Schaefer, to have inspired me at Social Media Marketing World. I thank Michael Stelzner too for having put this synchronicity into my life where I was ready to do a podcast and I listened to the right people at the right time. So what happened next? Well, the next thing that happened that I went on Facebook Live immediately the next day and just announced this to the world. That I was going to launch a podcast and I was going to do 100 episodes in 100 days. So this is a very good way for me, a public commitment to my audience, whoever watched that Facebook live or saw it on my blog. Okay, next. The first worry was, do I have enough topics for 100 episodes? So on the plane from San Diego to Zurich, Switzerland, I had my notebook in my hand And I made a decision. I was going to get it done there. I was going to decide 100 topics on the plane. So before I landed, I had written down over 100 topics, ideas from previous blog posts, from my webinars, but also a lot of other topics that I wanted to cover, and 50 people to interview. I really felt like I had a plan. About a month later, uh, we were going to New York to uh, go to a mastermind that I'm in. And I used this opportunity to get the equipment for the podcast. And I had already started to reach out to people who were doing a podcast. So I had some ideas, you know, about the ATR2100 microphone, which seems to be very practical to travel with. Uh, but I also wanted something permanent on my desk. So I went to my favorite store, b in New York, and had, you know pretty kind of high-quality ideas about the microphone that I wanted, the one that uh, Pat Flynn and John LeDumas recommend, and also my podcast editor. I had found a podcast editor in the meantime. Uh, they had recommended some different microphones, but all pretty expensive, around the $500 mark. But the guy at B&H said, nah, you don't need that. So I ended up actually buying a microphone Rode NT-USB so I don't need a soundboard or anything it's just a USB microphone but I have it fixed on my desk and I actually had to get two because I have a home office in Iceland and a home office in Switzerland and I wanted to make sure I could sit down in both places and record my episodes. I tested the microphone right away after I bought it so I would have time to return it if I didn't like it. I loved it and so I had my equipment and I was starting to discuss with a podcast editor. So how did I find my podcast editor? Well, I decided I was not going to edit my podcast. That was absolutely clear to me. I had listened to a panel at social media marketing world where Shalene Johnson and Amy Porterfield and Natalie Echtel and more people shared their podcast process. And it was clear to me that I needed a podcast editor, someone to take the, my recordings and take out the ums and the ahs and any kind of additional things and edit my audio and also mix in the intro and the outro and make it really sound professional. Of course, being a tech-savvy person, I could have done this myself, but it's not the best use of my time. So obviously, this podcast idea had been lingering on in my head for a while, had made me reach out to a person a few months earlier to check the rates for a podcast editor. I had seen a friend of mine launch a podcast, I saw which podcast editor my friend was using. I reached out to the person, got some idea of a rate, and then I put it away. So when I had decided to do a podcast, I was searching my Facebook Messenger. I don't think Facebook Messenger is the best way to kind of do these conversations because it's very difficult to find them again when you don't know what is the name of the person anymore. So luckily, I was able to find uh, the podcast editor We started to have a conversation. I told her about my idea of doing 100 episodes in 100 days. She got very excited about it, made me an offer. We also talked about the intro and the outro and the music you need. So luckily, her husband is a musician, so they could make me an offer to do the music as well, custom-made music. And I was so happy about that because I have sometimes tried to find music for something that I'm doing, and I am hopeless at finding music. I really don't. You know, I know when I like good music, but I have a hard time finding good music myself. So I was super excited about this. And the way we did this was that my husband helped me here. He created playlists with music that I liked. I knew I wanted a bit of a techno sound in it. We ended up sending uh, the musician three songs that I liked. And he came back with three versions of my intro. And then we could pick. And I would speak the intro first so that I would really hear what it would sound like when it was finished. And how I decided on the text for the intro is that, again, my husband helped me there. He listened to 10 podcasts that were popular on iTunes in the category that what I was going to publish and noted down, wrote down the intros and the outros for me. And I would then measure also how long I wanted to be. I think some intros are too long. And then I wrote up the text that I thought was a fit. Now, of course, since it's taken over four months, the whole thing from idea to fruition, the text has changed a bit, but I had a rough text in the beginning just so that we could decide on the music. So we had the music decided, I had the podcast editor, I had the equipment. What happened next? I started to reach out to people that I kind of knew and I asked them, would you be willing to be a guest on my show? We were not setting a date or time yet because I didn't know when I was going to record it. But at least I reached out already. And I think it was helpful because as I'm putting up these dates even now today, it is easier to reach out and say, hey, let's fix a date. Because I've already reached out to them before. And people like Kate and Mark, who I didn't know before and had no connection to, telling them that they had inspired me to launch this podcast in the way that I'm launching it, They were super excited to be a part of this too. So always make it valuable for your guests, especially those guests that you don't know. And it's also been helpful for me to build up connections and a network with people over the last three years that I can easily reach out today and ask to be a guest on my podcast. So then we scheduled into my calendar a lot of slots where I could start to record the podcast. Uh, My idea was that I would record solo shows first and then start to do the interviews so I could practice this whole technology. Well, that didn't really go that way. I started to, uh, you know, have some other projects in my business that needed my attention and I couldn't focus on the podcast. I was having a launch of Samba, I was doing a retreat with my new VIP mastermind group and somehow the podcast was always put on the back burner. And I realized I was doing that. So after the last Samba launch in the middle of June, I decided no more procrastination. I need to fix the launch date. And I decided the launch date would be August 2nd, 2017. And it was about six weeks to go. So this really put pressure on me, a positive pressure, to finally take these slots in my calendar seriously and start to book in the podcast guests. So I announced this to my podcast editor. She was super happy that I was finally taking action. I put together a Facebook group. I invited first only my clients and asked them to kind of like, hey, you want to join my podcast launch group to learn about my process and also help me with the launch. And then I started to now to book in fixed dates and times with the people that I wanted to interview. So actually, before I did a single solo show, I had done three interviews. Not the way I recommend it necessarily, but hey, this was my way of turning around my procrastination. So I started to do the interviews and it started slowly. So it has, of course, been picking up and I book in more and more slots, I get faster, I, I find my groove. So for instance, for the guests, I now have two methods where they can book a call with me. Of, of course, first I reach out to them over either Facebook Messenger or an email, in most case Messenger, because I am somehow familiar with these uh, podcast guests, at least those that I'm interviewing the first. And I have booked through their system or I've just booked them in directly through my calendar. But as this is picking up, I realized that I need to have a process. So now I'm sending them a link to Schedule Ones where I ask them to also upload a headshot photo in high-quality JPEG, landscape format. I also ask them to have a 50-word bio. This is an idea that I got from John Le Dumas. And then if they have any links to their website or freebie, they should add that as well. And if they have any special requests on a podcast topic. So all the guests that I want to talk to, I know what I want to talk about. But of course, I'm also willing to respect any requests they have. Maybe they are launching something and they would like to have a special freebie for that. So then we can tailor the topic around that. But otherwise, I have a pretty good idea what I want to talk about. And most people are very flexible and they want to do what's best for you. So I have two ways how I can get the information from my podcast guests. If they want to pick the time themselves, they go through schedule once. But another way, I have also realized that a lot of people, I reach out to Facebook Messenger or email, and then we suggest times over email or Messenger. And then it's kind of booked in my calendar. So I don't want them to go through schedule once because that slot would never have been available if it would be an automated process. So then I've also created a form in type form where they can fill out and also upload a headshot and have the bio and the links and everything. So it's pretty much the same form, but it doesn't uh, require them to pick a date and a time because we've already done that before. Now, what I noticed working with my team, that it was not very practical having all these things emailed to my inbox. So I used Sapier Automation to have these results when people have filled out a schedule uh, once or the type form form, that it gets saved into a Google Drive into a folder called Podcast Guests. So my team and I can find all the details there and I don't need to email anything back and forth or give my team any kind of information. So that's working great. Then I also had the idea of doing on-air coaching. This idea I got from Natalie Ekdahl Natalie Ekdal approached me at Social Media Marketing World and said she had been following me because we're both doing business coaching and we're all super interested in masterminds. And I'm also very excited that she is going to be my guest on this podcast. I see that other people are doing online coaching and I've also been truly inspired going to Tony Robbins seminar and seeing him coaching someone else live in front of me. So I know it's inspiring for me and my audience to hear about someone like themselves getting live coaching. Of course, it's not really live because we record it, but you know what I mean. It's on-air coaching and it's pretty much on the fly. I record it in one go and there's nothing edited out. So I have put up a type form where my clients, in the beginning, it's only my clients, so it's not the general public that can apply. So only my clients can apply. It's my Samba client from my Samba program that can apply for on-air coaching. And then also this gets automated into a folder called on air applications. Now I can go into this folder from time to time and see who has applied. I can see what their business challenges are and see if it's a good topic for my podcast. Then I pick out their email and can schedule in a good time. I really keep these slots to 30 minutes so that we spend the first five minutes getting all the technology set up. The coaching is about 20 minutes and then five minutes wrap up. So I can do several on air coaching sessions in one go. So half an hour after half an hour. When I'm interviewing guests, if it's people that I haven't spoken to in a while or I know they have a juicy topic, I'd rather want to schedule 45 minutes. Even though my podcast episodes should always be around 30 minutes, there will be some exceptions. So why did I decide on 30 minutes? Well, I'm not a huge podcast listener, to be honest, but I have listened to podcasts when I go on a walk. My walks tend to be 30 to 40 minutes. So several times it has happened. I come back from my walk. I haven't finished listening to a podcast that is 60 minutes and I never finished listening to it. So this is why I decided to do it 30 minutes. I think my audience will appreciate it too. I rather do more episodes like I'm doing now, 100 episodes in 100 days and have them 30 minutes than doing a weekly one for 60 minutes. What I do after the 100 episodes is still a bit undecided. We'll see how the 100 episodes go first. So this was about how I do it, And then I have some solo shows. And the solo shows, I found that hard to start to do my solo shows. And it's so weird. I've been doing 100 webinars and I can just make a few notes and go live on Facebook or on my webinar and I know what to say. But when I started to record my podcast, I was like, uh," I wasn't sure what to say and I felt I had to script everything. So the first podcast episodes I did where combination from my blog posts or sometimes I would combine two blog posts into a new like a podcast episode because you know Google doesn't like if you kind of repeat material and if I plan to transcribe my podcast in the future and I don't want them to be exact copy of my blog posts. So I combined two and two blog posts and they became a new podcast topic. I also spoke my TEDx talk, which I felt was quite exciting to speak after, you know, two and a half years since doing my TEDx talk. But then I decided, hey, Sigrun, one of the reasons you decided to do this podcast was that you could just tell stories, you could speak without having too detailed script or notes. So for this particular episode, I have had notes because I just did a Facebook Live on the same topic And now I'm redoing it as a podcast episode with what in mind what I just shared and my short notes. And it seems to be working. So what did I have ready for the launch? Basically, we had 11 episodes ready and I decided to launch with 10 episodes. Most people recommend you launch with three or five. But since this was kind of like we're doing it bigger than Typical launches, we're going live with 10 episodes, also because they're shorter, they're 30 minutes, and I'm not assuming that everybody wants to listen to every episode, so people can pick and choose. So we went basically live on August 2nd, Uh, we launched while I was on a Facebook Live, so that was quite exciting. I felt like I was going on stage in front of thousands of people, and this is probably like just because it's a new feeling. So the next thing is important in the launch is to get people to subscribe on iTunes and share and review. And now here comes the tricky part because you want to be in the new and noteworthy section if you're launching a new podcast. And since I'm launching a podcast on the American market in English, I have a lot more competition as if I had done it in Icelandic or German or Danish or some other language. And I know I'm up for a big, big competition here. But by launching with 100 episodes in 100 days, I make sure I am publishing every single day for that window where iTunes is looking, is your podcast new and noteworthy? You have about eight weeks or 60 days. Now, I didn't know this when I decided on the 100 episodes. I could have just picked 60 because the first 60 is the crucial period for you to come in the new and noteworthy section. And you need as many downloads and subscriptions and obviously reviews as well in this period of these eight weeks. So anyone listening to this, if you are on Google, have an Android phone, then do me a favor and hop on over to iTunes on your computer and subscribe, download, and review the episode there as well. Because then you're doing me a huge, huge favor, and I thank you so much. So, we are using my blog obviously also to promote my podcast. So, every single episode gets their own blog post. We have prepared, of course, upfront when we launch the first episodes. Uh, the blog posts. And this includes the show notes and a link to a freebie and links to something else, uh, you know, like any kind of resources that are mentioned in the episode. And then at the bottom of the blog post, there is a link to iTunes. And there's also a link to a page where I help people to review It's kind of difficult to get people to review a podcast because it's kind of not so obvious. People are maybe on their phone. It's not so easy. So we have created a special page, how to review the podcast on iTunes. So if you haven't reviewed my podcast yet, please, 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 pretty please head on over to my website and find this link on how to review the podcast episode. This is very detailed instruction, so there should be no problem for you to do this. And thank you so much already in advance for your favor. So we also have instructions for the uh, guests on the podcast. As I'm using uh, a combination of different tools to record the podcast, I need to explain this in a bit. So when I'm doing a solo show like this one, I'm just recording on Adobe Audition. Since I already was subscribed to Adobe Cloud, there was no reason for me to use any other tool. Uh, There are many other tools to record your podcast, GarageBand and Audacity. But I already had Adobe Audition, so that's what I'm using. When I have an interview with a guest, I also use Zoom because I would like to record all my episodes on video. I'm not using it yet, but I plan in the future to release these podcast episodes also on YouTube. So I want to have the video as a backup. The audio itself, as I said... On my side, I'm recording with Adobe Audition, but I want to record the audio on the guest side as well. And as I've been a guest on several podcasts, I know it's tricky to ask someone to record audio on their side and then send it to the podcast host. So I didn't want that. And then luckily, my podcast editor knew a way to do this in an easier way. So there's a tool called Sendcaster, and this can record a WAV file on the guest site and it can be uploaded. So as people have not done this before, I also have instructions prepared for my guests. And since I've had one or two instances where this was not as clear and obvious as I thought it was, now what we do, we meet on Zoom first and I spend the first few minutes helping people setting up Sandcaster, giving them the link and making sure that their audio is being recorded. They need to keep the browser open after our recording has ended so that the Va file is uploaded, but then it's uploaded directly to Dropbox and I can share it with my podcast editor. So what's the process after I record, right? I record the episodes first and then we put them into Dropbox where my editor will find them. And then I also do intros and outros separately. The intro is pretty much, you know, announcing the guest. And if it's a solo show, I'll tell what it is about. Then we have a general intro with the music that's been pre-recorded for most episodes. And then there's kind of like, hey, here you can find the show notes on sigrun.com, slash whatever number that show is. And then there's an outro reminding them to download the freebie. And if they like the episode, to subscribe, share and review on iTunes, of course. Now, once I have put the episode and the intro outro into Dropbox. It's automatically put in there. Then I notify my podcast editor. She even has a notification automated for it, but I also, we use Slack to communicate and then she edits. Now we thought we would do the show notes ourselves, me and my team, but I realized a few days before our launch, wow, doing all the show notes is a lot of work and I need to focus on recording the podcast episodes and my team needs to focus on the blog posts and doing social media posts for the podcast. So we don't really have time for the show notes. So luckily my podcast editor knew someone who does this professionally. So she listens to the podcast episodes and creates show notes. She pings me on Slack when they're ready. I go in, tweak them and off they go. We host the podcast itself on Libsyn. There are many ways to host your podcast, but actually what I didn't realize when I went into the whole thing, your podcast episodes are not hosted on iTunes. iTunes just references the files. So my podcast episodes are hosted on Libsyn. That's where we have to upload them first. Then the files are referenced on iTunes and anywhere else where I want them to be downloaded. For instance, Google and Stitcher. And that's how it all comes together. So when you are ready to launch, like we were, 10 episodes episodes recorded, intros and outros, my podcast editor has edited them, has mixed them together with the general intro. My show notes editor had done the show notes. My uh, team has done the blog posts. We were ready to go. Then we submit to iTunes. And then depending, there's a lot of moving factors. It can take up to 48 hours for, for iTunes to approve your podcast. So, Then you finally have a link that you can share and put into anywhere where you want to promote your podcast. So this has been a marathon process description of how I got the idea for my podcast, who finally inspired me. Thank you again, Kate and Mark. And how we have put together a podcast launch for 100 episodes in 100 days. As I said, we only had 11 ready When we launched, we launched with 10 and then the others are created as we go. The whole plan is to have 10 episodes always ready to go in case I get sick. And that actually happened when I was launching this. I got sick for 12 days and I felt the universe was really testing me. Are you ready for a podcast or aren't you? And I decided even if I got sick, yes, I'm going to launch at the right time. So I'm going to do some marathon recordings every Thursday. This is a great way for me to also to batch more in my business, something that I haven't really done enough of. And this podcast, doing so many episodes, forces me to do it. So I'm super excited to have shared this process with you. And it is more difficult than it sounds like, but at the same time, it's easier than it sounds like. And if you have the idea of doing a podcast I highly encourage you to check out my podcast, some other people's podcast, and think about how can your podcast be different? What are you willing to invest in time and, you know, also in terms of equipment? And is it something that benefits your business? I made the decision, yes, because I am a storyteller. I love to tell stories. And this podcast episode has been done with very little notes, recorded in one go, And I'm very excited to share more stories and processes with you so that you can turn your passion into profits and do a podcast if you want to, or otherwise, just follow my journey. Thank you for listening. Get my podcasting resources plus the show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash 12. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did... Please share, subscribe and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.